Hi, this is Pastor David Elijah, and we are New Millennium Kingdom Church. Today is Saturday, May the 29th, 2021. Today we're going to study the book of Revelation, chapter 18. So before we begin, let us pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you, Lord, for this time. We bless your holy word. We ask you, Father, for revelation knowledge, for insight, for foresight, for us to have discernment in this season and this time so that we are aware of your timeline and that we will prepare for your return. So help us, Father, to study your word and to apply it to our lives and be in full compliance and obedience to your living word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. In the last broadcast, we had finished chapter uh, 17, and we saw religious Babylon and how God was going to judge Babylon. But now in Revelation chapter 18, we see commercial Babylon. We see the city of Babylon destroyed by God. So let's go through this chapter. It's a very powerful chapter. There are a lot of symbolic things in it, but there's literal things as well. And God is coming down really strong, really hard on this city. And many people are, are wondering, which city is it? So we'll get into it in a little bit. So Revelation chapter 18, verse 1. After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. Now this angel came down having authority, great authority from God the Father. And why was his glory so powerful that it lit up the whole earth? because he had just come from the presence of God the Father. So God's glory was strong upon this angel, and now he comes down from heaven, and that glory that he picked up from the Father's presence, now it's being just broadcast over the whole planet. That's how bright the glory of God is. So this angel comes from the presence of God, and he's carrying the glory of God, and it's shining so bright that it's lighting up the whole earth. Revelation chapter 18, verse 2. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons. So this angel has been sent to the earth to declare judgment on the city of Babylon, and he's declaring it that this city has fallen. It has been destroyed by God's supernatural force, and he is just there to announce the destruction of Babylon. And... Uh, now that it has been destroyed, what has become of it? It has become a dwelling place of demons. Now there's nothing holy there, there's nothing clean, there's nothing pure, there's no saints of, of God, there's nothing righteous there. It's all evil, it's unclean, and it's a dwelling place of demons. It's a prison for every foul spirit. So this place that was at one time exalted and beautiful and rich and powerful and wealthy, has now become a place of demons and a prison for every foul, unclean spirit. And it's become a cage for every unclean and hated bird. Vultures and all kinds of predatory birds and owls and nasty birds. That is the place for these birds to go. The unclean ones. Revelation 18.3 For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. 
So that means the city was so powerful that every nation was involved in trade and commerce with the city, and they were drunk with her fornication, a fornication of lust for money and wealth and power and all these things, and all the nations were drinking of it, and they were drunk with it. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. So you see nations, you see kings, and you see merchants, traders, businessmen. These three groups of people are involved with the city and the business and the commerce. Now, there are three areas that, three cities that are very prominent in our times. One is New York City, of course. It's the headquarters of all the financial trading of the world. Then you have Saudi Arabia, you have Mecca which all the world's nations go there to get their oil. It's the, one of the major suppliers of oil. So they do trade and transactions and all kind of business deals with Saudi Arabia. And number three is the Vatican, where the Pope is. And that city also is powerful because it has influence and power in every nation, every government. So all these three cities are focal points. Another city could be Jerusalem because Israel has a lot of power and influence on Western nations, on the financial market systems, on, on a lot of uh, trade and commerce. So these are three, four areas that can be considered. But Jerusalem is more inland. This is a city that's on the coastline. So most probably it could be either Rome and the Vatican, or it could be New York City. So you have nations, you have kings, and you have the merchants of the earth that are fully involved in all of this cheating and deception and theft of finances and all kinds of uh, trade and commerce that they were doing and they got proud with it. They were all exalting themselves. They thought they were, you know, on top of the world with all this money and finances and all of this. And the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. So you see that they are partaking in all the wealth and the luxury and the finances and business and all of that. But you have nations and kings and merchants, businessmen and businesswomen that are now involved with the city. Revelation 18.4 And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. So God is warning his people to get out of that system, get out of that city, get out of that kind of interaction with a wicked city like that, with that wicked financial system that puts people into bondage. You have China that uses slave labor to make products for the U.S. You have companies like Apple and Google and all these companies that are involved with China very heavily. You have Hollywood that's very involved with China and they look the other way when it comes to human rights abuses and, and literally modern day slavery. China has prison camps that they use labor, forced labor. And all these big companies are using the labor of these concentration camps and they're getting rich through that labor. But God is warning the people of God, do not get involved. Walk away from all of this because it's evil. And God is saying, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins. Because now if you go towards it, you will become part of her sins. You will become uh, complicit with her crimes and her illegal activity and her iniquity. 
and you will also receive of her plagues. Right now we are in the middle of a plague. It's a horrible plague. In Australia, there's a plague of mice. There's a rat population that's overtaken cities in Australia. It's a very biblical kind of a plague that has invaded Australia. It's a horrible, ugly plague. There are millions of mice running all over the place, eating up all the grain and, and invading homes. And it's a nasty thing that's happening right now in Australia. So all these nations are already under judgment. They're already under the plague. There are these plagues that have been released upon the earth. And people are already receiving the judgment of these plagues. But God is telling his people to withdraw, to get away from it. Do not go towards evil. Don't go towards darkness. Otherwise, you will become partakers in their sins. And then you will also receive the plagues. That's God's judgment. When we walk away from wickedness or evil or, or narcissists, all these kind of people, they say, oh, you're, what kind of a Christian are you? And what kind of, a, you know, what kind of Christian love is that? And whatever. We are just following Revelation 18.4. God says, do not partake in other people's iniquity, other people's sins, their pride, their arrogance, their rebellion, their lawlessness. You have no part in it. There's no fellowship between light and darkness. There has a separation and that separation is already taking place. There are many warnings in the Bible. God says to separate yourself. That's what sanctification is all about. You cannot go into the world, live like the world, shake hands with the wicked and say, oh yeah, I'm trying to show Christian love. That's the foundation of the ecumenical evangelical movement. They're shaking hands with the Catholic Church, they're shaking hands with Islam and Hinduism and Buddhism and all the religions of the world for the sake of peace, for the sake of advancement and progress and they are patting themselves on the back because they say, look how successful we are and look how big our network is and look how many leaders are coming together under one roof and look, we are talking about peace with other religions and and it's just a, such a lie, such a deception because without Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, there can be no peace. That's a false peace that you're making with the Hindus and the Muslims and the Catholics and ecumenical leaders here are so proud of it but they have just you know done the worst thing ever they use a tactic called dialectics where they find common ground and then they try to to find the common points and they ignore the heretical teachings they ignore the antichrist system that these religions represent and it's it's across the board in the US the ecumenical movement is 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 advancing very rapidly but they're doing the work of Antichrist. They're building a one-world religion for Antichrist to come and overtake it and to have dominion over all the religions of the world. So those ecumenical, evangelical, so-called evangelical, they, they define themselves evangelical, but they're just anathema in God's eyes. They're an abomination for even thinking that. They think, oh, God can trust our activities and our, our you know, conferences and all our tactics and strategies, and we're going to help God to bring about world peace. This is the madness that they're involved with, and they're very proud of it because they see success. But in their eyes, it's human success. It's not what God requires. God took 12 people and turned the world upside down. He doesn't need numbers. And when you go into the doctrine of predestination and election, then what can man do? All these evangelical leaders, what can they do? They think they're doing a great work for God. Look, God, look what we're doing for you. We're doing you a favor. And God looks at them and says, you are wretched and naked and poor. 
And now you're going to partake in the plagues that are going to come upon Babylon because you are trying to add to the gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. You cannot add to it. You cannot hold hands with other fake religions and counterfeit religions and all demonic religions and say, look, we are advancing the gospel. We're doing such a great work. This is the heresy of the ecumenical evangelical movement here. And there are prominent leaders here that are, are making great progress. On the surface, it looks great. A lot of numbers, a lot of conferences, a lot of meetings, a lot of gatherings and everything. And you say, look, we're getting all the world leaders together and we are, you know, interacting with all of them. But end of the day, it is just human flesh. The Holy Spirit is not involved with something like that. God's work is always invisible. It's always he who gets the glory. Man cannot take prominence and say, look what I did for God and look how I gathered all these people and look the success and they're patting themselves on the back and saying we've achieved so much for the gospel and for the church and we brought unity and this and that. And they're uniting with the Philistines. They're uniting with the Amorites. They're uniting with all the, the wicked of the world. And God is doing the separation and these people are bringing together all the goats and the sheep and just doing this mixture. It's anathema. But they're doing it proudly. And they're proud of it. They're not even ashamed of it. They're so deceived. They're so blind. And they openly confess it in their radio programs, in their podcasts, in their preaching. And that's the state of the deception on the highest levels. So we are already there. We're already in the middle of a plague. All these signs are already there in our face. And now we are rushing towards Judgment Day. Revelation 18.5 For her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Anywhere you look now, those that did not prepare for the life to come, their iniquities are being remembered by God. They prepared for this lifetime. They prepared for success for this generation and this time. Yes, they made a lot of money and they were successful and they built businesses and they did all of that. And they turned their back on God. And now God remembers their iniquity because they failed to love God. The Bible says, whoever shall not love Christ, his, he is anathema. He's accursed. He's damned to hell. You can love the world, you can love the people, you can love the wicked, you can love fake, fake and false religions and say, look, I'm showing the love of Christ, but you are in iniquity because you have failed to love Christ, you failed to obey Him. And your sins have reached to heaven and God has remembered your iniquities. So before that day comes, repent. The word repent means to turn away from all this activity, to think that you are somebody and you achieve something for the gospel, for the kingdom by embracing world religions and all the counterfeit religions and you think you're doing a great work for God, it's still time to repent before the plagues that are going to come upon Babylon, come upon you and your family and your children and grandchildren. This is not a game. This is very serious. We always preach like this because the time is already up. Death is knocking on everyone's door. We hear cases of people dying from the virus and then from the jab in the arm. Both ways they are dying. Even that jab is not going to help you. They themselves are saying it. CDC themselves are confessing that the jab will not protect you from the virus. So then what's the point of it? You need your own innate human immune system to fight it off. Otherwise, you will not make it. 
And the Bible says it's appointed once for a man to die. It's appointed by God for a man once to die and then the judgment. So God appoints each one's death, everyone that's dying on this earth right now through this plague or through the jab. It's appointed. It's not random. It's not coincidental. It's not, you know, God is not surprised that this person died today. God knows everyone's timeline. He's the one who renders to each person according to their lives, their lifestyles, their in, their sins, their iniquities, or their righteous life. You have to examine yourself and see, where do, I, where do I stand before God? Today, if I die, what is my account to God? Revelation 18.6, render to her just as she rendered to you. So now God is saying, whatever she sowed, she's going to reap. Every person that has done wicked and evil, they will receive back in their own body, in their own life, in their the city of Babylon will come crashing down because she has done so much evil. So it represents a city, it represents individuals because the city is built of people. So the people, the inhabitants of that city are the ones under judgment. God is concerned about the soul of man, your condition of your heart, not the wealth in your pocket, in your bank, or how much property you have, how many cars you have how many businesses you established, how many churches you established. It's the condition of your heart. And now God is rendering justice and judgment on the wicked. Render to her just as she rendered to you. And repay her double according to her works. So you see, yes, we're justified by faith alone, through Christ alone, through His blood alone. But there is a judgment on works. Your activities, your lifestyle, your words, your intent, your thoughts, everything comes under judgment. And God will repay. If you did good, you will be repaid with good. If you did evil with malice and with malicious intent, you will get back double according to your malice. If you had envy and jealousy and resentment and unforgiveness and bitterness and all of these things will be paid back double to you. In the cup which she has mixed, Mix double for her. So you see, whatever you have done in your life, it'll come back to you in a double measure. If you did good, you will receive good. You'll see the goodness of God. You'll see the grace of God. You'll see the love of God. You'll see the mercy of God. You'll see the forgiveness of God. You'll see the blessings of God. Double. Double for your trouble. But you have to do it sacrificially. You have to pay the price. You have to walk the walk. You have to obey God first before anybody else, before father, mother, sister, brother, children, grandchildren, whoever else that you consider special in your life. You must obey God first. You fail that test, then you may please the world and you have lost the battle. You have lost. And now you're going to get doubled back for what you did. Revelation 18.7 in the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure, give her torment and sorrow. This is a judgment for the rich and the wealthy. Right now, when you see people that are rich and wealthy, don't envy them. Don't be jealous of them. Don't want to be like them because they're living it up. They're living the good life and they're saying, oh, yeah, I'm living the life. And they never cared for the poor. They never cared for the widows and the orphans. They never bothered to help anybody. They don't care for anyone except themselves. That's why we keep saying narcissist. The richest person or the poorest person can be a narcissist. 
self-centered, selfish, self-obsessed, self-idolatrous. And God says, yeah, you do that and now you're only going to get torment and sorrow. If you lived a life of luxury and you lived your life and glorified herself, the Bible says, see, narcissism. In the measure that she glorified herself, anybody that's a narcissist is going to get torment and sorrow. If you have torment and sorrow right now in your life, ask yourself, was I glorifying myself? Was I on an ego trip? Why Did I have pride in my life? Was I self-obsessed? Then that's your answer. Anyone that says, I'm tormented and I have sorrow in my heart and I'm brokenhearted and I'm crying, I feel miserable, I'm suicidal, all of this, why? Were you narcissistic? Were you prideful? Were you arrogant? Were you lawless? Were you disobedient? Were you rebellious? Then all you have left is torment and sorrow. Why is that? For she says in her heart, I sit as queen and I'm not, and I'm no widow and will not see sorrow. That's a boastful claim. Anybody that has riches and wealth and arrogance and women that have beauty and they think, you know, all vanity and all of that, they look around and say, oh, I'm better than this one and I'm better than that and I'm not going to be sad. I'm going to have a good life and look, everybody gives me compliments and everybody's, you know, pumping my ego. So I'm like a queen in, in front of everybody. And God says, yeah, you can boast about it to you right now. I'm the one who gave you all your gifts and talents and everything. But instead of glorifying God, you're glorifying yourself. What does it say in the beginning? Revelation 18.7 In the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously. In the same measure, give her torment and sorrow. It's a very dangerous thing to live in a self-obsessed, narcissistic way. We are constantly knocking down people like that. And they say, oh, you're mean and you're rude. We're like, no, we're doing you a favor. Before torment and sorrow comes into your life, get off your donkey. Stop glorifying yourself. Stop living like, I'm going to live the good life and I don't care about anybody else. If you do that, yeah, it'll be for a very short season and then torment and sorrow is going to enter your life. But if you live sacrificially for Jesus, if you live in obedience, you live for God, it's painful, it's hard, it's difficult. You have to carry your cross. You got to deny yourself. Then you got to follow Him. You got to obey Him, and then take the persecution. Then take all the abuse. Take all the backstabbing and all the betrayal and all of that. And then still forgive all your enemies. And then God says, "Now you will have joy. You will have blessings. You will have my peace." So it's always the gospel is always, you know, the opposite of what people think. So Babylon was sitting like a queen and saying, I sit as queen and I'm now a widow and will not see sorrow. Revelation 18.8 Therefore, her plagues will come in one day. See, when you make prideful, boastful comments and, and you talk, you know, with vanity and, you know, with arrogance and pride, we see that a lot in the Hispanic culture, at least down here where we are close to the Mexican border. There's so much pride and arrogance and vanity. It's just disgusting to see. And then what is the judgment for that kind of behavior? Verse eight, 18, verse 8. Therefore, her plagues will come in one day. This plague has really shaken up the world. The economies of the world, the cities of the world, the nations of the world. They're all in distress. They're all suffering. They're all struggling. They're all in pain. 
They're mourning because their loved ones are dying one by one. Their friends and neighbors are dying one by one. The plagues have come in one day. God's judgment comes suddenly in one day. Bam! Death and mourning and famine. We're already seeing death. We are seeing mourning. The third wave that's going to come is famine. There's going to be food shortages. We keep telling our people in the church to prepare for food shortages. That's the next thing that's going to come, famine. Everybody ate their heart out and they were just enjoying life and going to the buffets and eating good. And now famine is going to come on the land. People are going to starve. They were gorging themselves. They were stuffing their faces with food, food, food. Constantly just thinking about food. And now there's food shortages coming. Because there's already the supply chain has been disrupted because of this pandemic. A lot of things are going to not be available anymore. Prices are going to go up. Inflation is coming because the federal government here is pumping trillions of dollars. Of course, it's going to cause inflation. Everything will go up in prices. Everything. It's already happening. So what is the next after that? Is food shortages, starvation, famine. And she will be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judges her. So God's going to destroy the city with fire. God's judgment on this city is severe. It is strong. It's a powerful verse. It's a very, very sobering verse. I don't want to be in a city like that if God's going to destroy it with fire. Revelation 18.8 Therefore her plagues will come in one day. Death and mourning and famine. So already you have a three layer of judgment that's come. And on top of that, God is going to burn the city down to the ground. She will be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judges her. It could be a nuclear strike. It could be an asteroid strike. It could be supernatural fire come down from heaven. We don't know how it will be. But that's what is going to take place. And it's not going to be an isolated event. Everyone in the world will see this thing happen. Because look what happens next. Revelation 18.9 The kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning. The city will be on fire. And the kings of the earth, whether it's on watching on a LCD TV screen or you know, watching in the news or physically watching it, they will see the burning smoke rising up into the sky. And they will be crying and weeping because they were doing business with the city. They were making money. They were enjoying the wealth and luxury of the city. And now they're seeing it burned to the ground. And the kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning. Revelation 18.10 Standing at a distance for fear of her torment. So they were watching from a distance and standing and watching. And they were afraid because they saw the torment of that city. And what was their declaration? Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour your judgment has come. One hour. All it takes for God to just wipe out an entire city. One hour. Great city, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city. In the Old Testament, Babylon was in Iraq. Iraq was the old times Babylon. 
but there it's it's all anyways devastated and destroyed by all the wars that took place there's a shield there's a storm they just destroyed iraq and they left it in a shambles there's nothing there to see iraq is a, like a horrible place now so this is not talking about the old babylon this is the new babylon like i said it could be jerusalem it could be vatican in the rome it could be new york city or it could be mecca in saudi arabia there's the four hot spots that you can think of when this comes look in those directions and wherever you see the smoke rising you say oh that was the great city babylon that mighty city for in one hour your judgment has come revelation 18:11 and the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her for no one buys their merchandise anymore so the kings were weeping and mourning and now you see again the businessmen the businesswomen the merchants of the earth they are crying now they will weep and mourn over her for no one buys their merchandise anymore so there's no more buying selling trading this sounds so much like new york city because all the wealth and trade and commerce goes through that city but that's just my opinion revelation 18:12 merchandise of gold and silver precious stones and pearls fine linen and purple silk and scarlet every kind of citron wood every kind of object of ivory every kind of object of most precious wood bronze iron and marble so it's a mega city with trade and commerce and all the goods of the world is going through it revelation 18:13 and cinnamon and incense fragrant oil and frankincense wine and oil fine flour and wheat cattle and sheep horses and chariots and bodies and souls of men so there was even slavery there is modern day slavery even right now women and children are trafficked for sex and all this kind of things that are taking place around the world and this city was guilty because it says your bodies and souls of men so human beings were bought and sold in this place you think doesn't happen today it happens today modern day slavery exists even in our times revelation 18:14 the fruit that your soul longed for has gone from you and all the things which are rich and splendid have gone from you and you shall find them no more at all so you see all of the riches and the luxury and the wealth and all of the prosperity and everything is gone it's gone and you shall find them no more at all at all at all means at all everything wiped out in one hour this should really sober up people that think oh i have businesses and i have this and i have that you're going to be crying because in one hour you will lose everything revelation 1815 the merchants of these things who became rich by her will stand at a distance for fear of her torment weeping and wailing so same like the kings of the earth the merchants that came to become rich by her even they are standing at a distance for fear of her torment and they are also crying and wailing they had all the luxury all the wealth all the riches and everything and now all they have is tears revelation 18:16 and saying alas alas that great city that was clothed in fine linen purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls so they were describing the beautiful city with all the riches and the wealth and all the glory of all the prosperity that it had and they were describing and remembering it 
that great city. And what happens? Revelation 18, 17. For in one hour, such great riches came to nothing. In one hour, all of that riches got wiped out. You have to really, really consider your life, how you live it, all the business transactions, everything that people do. Because there's coming a time that God will wipe everything off the face of the earth. And all these people will cry. They were trying to gain the whole world, but they lost their soul in the process. They lost their salvation because they were greedy. They were vain. They were arrogant, boastful. And they were just enjoying the fornication of all this trade and commerce and money and finances. And this is symbolic of Wall Street. All these Wall Street bankers and all these financial market people, they just are drunk with all the power that they have over finances and money and gold and silver and all of these things. And now the third category of people, every shipmaster, all who travel by ship, sailors, and as many as trade on the sea stood at a distance. So there were kings, there were merchants, businessmen, businesswomen, and now all the sailors and ship captains and all those that travel by ship, cargo ship, commercial, passenger ship, all the sailors, even the army, the navy, all of them, they stood at a distance. They are sitting on, on their ships in the ocean, watching from the ocean, looking at the city burning. Revelation 18, 18. And what did they do? And cried out when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, what is like this great city? So even the the people that were in the ocean on the ships were able to see it from a distance. And they were also crying because they were part of that trade and commerce. All these container ships and cargo ships were coming in with all the goods and transporting it from one nation to another nation through this port. It was a port city, most probably. Had a big port and had all these container ships going in and out of it. So even all these sailors and seamen and... and uh, Ship captains, they were also getting rich by transporting all the goods and services, and now they are crying. Revelation 18, 19. They threw dust on their heads and cried out, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, that great city, in which all who had ships on the sea became rich by her wealth. So it was a port city, a city that was doing a lot of trade and commerce through the shipping channels, and they were getting rich, and now they are crying because they are losing all this business, all this money, all this wealth, all these transactions, all of the trade and commerce is lost because the city has been destroyed. For in one hour, she is made desolate. So this is a very, very powerful verse that the kings of the earth, the merchants and the businessmen, and, you know, the, the sea captains and the sailors, all these people are just watching the city burn to the ground. Revelation 18, 20. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you, holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. So they were also responsible or they were guilty of the blood and of the death of Christians, of the apostles, of the prophets, so God has avenged you on her. So God has taken revenge. The Bible always says to stop. Don't take revenge because the Bible says that God says, Vengeance is mine. I shall repay, says the Lord. 
So here you see the fulfillment of that judgment, of the vengeance of God. Revelation 18.20 Rejoice over her, O heaven. So heavens are told to rejoice, not to cry, but to be glad that God's judgment has come upon the wicked, all the rich and the wealthy, and those who took advantage of the poor and robbed the poor and robbed the innocent and the naive. And God says, I have judged them. And even the blood that is on their hands of the apostles, of the prophets, and of the saints of God. For God has avenged you on her. So when you think, why would God destroy this beautiful city, this rich, powerful city, and all the wealth of the nations are going through the city? It's because they are guilty of bloodshed, of killing Christians and prophets and apostles. And that is why God's going to judge her. Not so much for her wealth and whatever, but because she has blood on her hands. Revelation 18.21 Then a mighty angel took up a stone, like a great millstone, and threw it into the sea, saying, Thus, with violence, the great city Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found anymore. And God's going to wipe the city out to such a degree that you will not even find bits and pieces of it. Maybe when the angel throws a rock in the sea, there will be a tsunami and the ocean will come and wash away all the burning city and nothing will be left. Revelation 18.21 Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence the great city Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found anymore. So you see God's judgment comes so severely that the angel is doing it symbolically to show the world and the people that this is how God's going to destroy this great city because of her wickedness, her evil ways, and the bloodshed of her hands. Revelation 18.22 The sound of harpists, musicians, flutists, and trumpeters shall not be heard in you anymore. So there will be no more orchestras, no more musicians, no more singing, no more dancing, nothing. No craftsman of any craft shall be found in you anymore. And the sound of a millstone shall not be heard in you anymore. So there'll be no more activities taking place. No more music, no more celebrations, no more parties, nothing. Destroyed. Everything done. Over. In one hour. Revelation 18.23 The light of a lamp shall not shine in you anymore. And the voice of bridegroom and bride shall not be heard in you anymore. For your merchants were the great men of the earth. For by your sorcery all the nations were deceived. So they're also guilty of sorcery, witchcraft. It could just be manipulation. Manipulation of finances, manipulation of the market system, manipulation of businesses. That is sorcery in God's eyes. When you manipulate numbers and you twist and turn and deceive and lie and cheat, when it comes to finances and money and businesses and everything, that's a form of sorcery. You're cheating the poor man. You're cheating and robbing the, the, the poor man. Wall Street functions like that. It's a form of sorcery. And they have deceived the nations. Even right now, with the federal government want to pump $8 trillion into the economy, that's a form of sorcery. They're trying to destroy the dollar. They're trying to crash this economy, but they're doing it to destroy not just this economy, but the world's economy. So they can bring in the Antichrist system and the one world government and the one currency and digital currency and all of these things. They're preparing the way for the Antichrist to show up. 
and God will judge every nation for this. Revelation 18.24 And in her was found the blood of prophets and saints and of all who were slain on the earth. So God holds the city responsible and guilty of all the bloodshed that's been taking place on the earth. So the city had influence and power over nations. America is a superpower. It has that kind of power over nations. They have colonies everywhere. They have army bases everywhere. They have air forces located in every nation, in Germany, in Turkey, in different parts of the world, in, you know, Diego Garcia, everywhere. The U.S. has influence and power everywhere. They have their military presence in all parts of the world, in Iraq and Afghanistan and all places. So they have caused bloodshed in in many places in the world, and a lot of Christians have died. And God keeps a record of all of it. Revelation 18.24 And in her was found the blood of prophets and saints, and of all who were slain on the earth. So anyone that was killed by the sword, by gunshot, by bombs, by all that bloodshed that took place, God holds the people responsible, the ones who are the ones going after them, trying to kill people for money, for wealth, for oil, for whatever reason, political influence. There's lots of things that governments do to, to fight each other, to have power over nations, over trade and commerce. All these things will come under God's judgment. So you see the destruction of the great city Babylon. And we must be in a time to examine ourselves and say we don't want to be partakers of that. This is a time of separation between the goats and the sheep. You can mix the two together and say, oh, I'm being a Christian and I'm showing love. No, walk away from all the wicked. The judgment is already coming upon them. It's for you to stay away and not be partakers in their sins, in their iniquities, in their rebellion, in their lawlessness, in their vanity, in their pride, their narcissism. Don't be a part of it. Walk away. And they say, oh, you're a hater and you're that. No, we're just being obedient to God's word. You don't like it because you are a hater. That's why you don't like it. You're projecting what you are upon somebody else. And that's a classic sociopathic move. When people project blame and they are the ones that are guilty of it, that's a sociopath. Those are not normal people that you deal with. And we come across a lot of them over here. I mean, the world has become a very twisted, messed up place. And you can't trust anybody anymore. But you have to trust God. And the Bible says that curse is the man who puts his trust in man. And blessed is the man who puts his trust in the Lord. So it's time now not to put your trust in governments and the medical system and some jab on the arm or put your trust in God. This is a, a test of fire. This is a trial by fire for the whole planet. That where is your faith and who do you put your trust on? If your trust is in Jesus, if your trust is in God, if you stand on the rock of your salvation, you will be secure. Every storm will come, every challenge will come, and you'll still be standing. It's the ones that don't trust God, and they trust the system, they trust the government, they trust the medical system, they trust everything except God. They're the ones who collapse first. They're the ones who are all shaky and nervous and scared and panic attacks and anxiety, and they're taking pills and all this kind of thing. So break free from that vicious cycle and learn to put your trust in God. This is a very good time to really, to really apply your faith in God. To say, Lord, I trust you. And the book of Revelation is a great book to really sober anybody. To really focus on what is important and what is not. And then to stay focused on what is important. 
And what is important is to pre pre be prepared for the return of Jesus. That's the most important event of your life. But we must be prepared. This is a time of preparation before his return. God will forgive all your past. He'll forgive all your iniquities, all, everything. Everything he took it on the cross. It's for you to humble yourself and come to the cross and say, Lord, here I am on your knees, begging for God's forgiveness. And he will forgive. He's a loving savior. He's a forgiving savior. He's an embracing savior. But to those who are humble and brokenhearted, he rejects the proud. He doesn't like the arrogant and the people that are in vanity and narcissist. It's a very clear, there's no bias. It's very clear. God is with the humble and the brokenhearted. He's not with the proud and the arrogant. The proud and arrogant have judgment waiting for them. God is a God of justice and righteousness. And he requires obedience. But those who are in lawlessness cannot partake of the grace of God and the love of God and the mercy of God and the forgiveness of God. If you're in lawlessness, all you are waiting for you is the wrath of God. Nothing else is there for you. Only the wrath of God. So it's a time to seriously consider who you are, where you are, what you do, attitudes, intentions, purposes, everything. Take a day off from all your busy schedule and just sit down and meditate on God's word and think about all these things. These are critical questions to ask. Who am I? Why am I here? And where am I going? Simple, basic, you know, primal questions. So ask yourself, and if you find the answer, it is in the Bible. God has made it very plain and simple what it is. Well, we are such a confused people. We have so much cognitive dissonance. We are so twisted in our thinking. It's, everything is upside down. Plus you have media bombardment and propaganda and so much fake news and lies and deception. You're surrounded by so much evil. So to cut through all of that, you need the Word of God to slice through all of that garbage and then to establish your life on guiding principles that only come from Scripture. It doesn't come from Islam. It doesn't come from Hinduism, Buddhism, New Age. It doesn't come from any of those activities or Catholicism or none of that. It comes from Scripture. It comes from the commandments of Jesus. Read the gospel. Read the gospel of Matthew, Luke, Mark, and John. Read it. And then read the book of Revelation and sit quietly and meditate on it and think, wow, are we in such times? Are we prepared for these things to come upon us? We're already in the middle of one plague. There are seven more plagues that are coming. Are you going to be able to survive that? You will die of a heart attack even before the second round comes because you have no faith in God. People are already afraid and scared and nervous and anxious and suicidal. And we haven't even begun. This is just a precursor. This is just a little taste of what is to come down the road. That's what the Bible says. Jesus said in Matthew 24, men's hearts will fail for what's coming upon the earth. Men's hearts will just collapse. All the arrogant, pompous, proud, boastful, nasty men that are out there, their hearts will just collapse. They will just fall down right where they're at with all their pride and pompous arrogance. They will collapse and they will die because they will not be able to handle what's going to come upon the face of the earth. So don't be in that category. Don't be around people like that. Walk away and seek after Jesus. This is the only time left. Today you can get the virus and collapse in two weeks. They say you get the virus within two weeks you can die. 
If you have poor immunity, if you have comorbid conditions, you already have diabetes and you're obese and all this, is, you, you won't make it. Oh, but I got two doses of the vaccine. Even that's not going to help you. The CDC says that. It's not going to help you. It's not going to protect you. So then what's the point? So wake up. We are in a time we all have to wake up. We've been sleeping for too long. We've been in a lala place for too long. We've been in a fantasy world for too long. We're in a narcissistic bubble for too long. Those that are in delusion, well, we're sorry, we can't help people in delusion because that's God's judgment on them. That strong delusion that God has put upon them. So that's one category nobody can help unless God breaks that bubble of delusion. If you come across delusional people, walk away. You cannot do anything with delusional people. That's God's judgment on them. Read the Bible. It gives you the answers of what you're facing. Don't try, don't spin your wheels with people that are in delusion. It will be a wasted exercise. So pray, seek God's face. This is the time. Today is the day of salvation. If you don't know Jesus, if you have not accepted him, just, just surrender to him right now. Just say, here I am, Lord. I don't know you. I don't know what this person is talking about. I want to know. I don't understand anything. Let me know that you are real. God is real. He will make himself known to you in the most amazing way, in the most tangible way, in the most experiential way, and through Scripture. Scripture is the foundation. But God does it in so many ways. Dreams, visions, encounters, experiences, all those are just bits and pieces. But the Word of God is the most powerful. The Holy Spirit opens up the Bible to make you realize who God is. So pray, ask the Holy Spirit to come to show you who Jesus is. Don't be like the prosperity preachers using the Holy Spirit to get rich. They have their judgment coming on them as well. So, we bless you this day and we pray for you. Send us your comments and leave a comment in the comments below and let us know your needs and your prayer requests and we will pray with you and cover you in our prayers. And if you haven't subscribed, just subscribe to the channel and then you'll get all the updates. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.